This is the Making Waves podcast with Ripple Effect, and I'm here with Aaron Levise. Welcome, Aaron. How are you? I'm doing great, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Uh, you were on the Social Studies Revision Committee in the summer of 2022. Oh, you're here to talk about that. Well, let's just get right into that. So, uh, what qualifies you to be on that committee? I mean, you are a veteran, you have a degree in history. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. I'm just a South Dakota native, like um, most other folks would probably be listening to this. And I was product of the South Dakota schools. I Sioux Falls Public Schools graduated from what's now the Pavilion um, in 1986. Uh, went to USD and finished up my degree in history at University of Wyoming, and just a lifelong history buff. Hmm. Um, but I love, I love that, and I love good civics and such, and I. I basically, I want people to know it. So the public really should be involved in the public schools. If, if the public isn't involved, I wonder why they call it public. <laughs> Understood. All right, so let's talk about the standards. So what's good about them? Well, the, the standards that we were looking at in the summer of 2022 are really amazing, and uh, they're longer than most of the other ones that have happened in the previous revision years, and that's by design. They're comprehensive, they're strong in history and in geography, and also something that's been a multi-decade, and I'm talking going back far beyond my lifetime, um, in terms of dealing with civics knowledge for the average citizen. It's been woefully lacking, and people have, ma- people have been making this lament for you know, 80, 90 years, so this is nothing new, but it's, I think in recent years it's even, even been more strong from various sectors of society, business, and, uh, you know. So this is politi- not just about uh, civics. It's no. also about economics and It is, and, and one of the things that you'll see in these standards, is, as long as they are, are some things, you know, not just with history and civics and geography and all the things that you would class under social studies, but you would also see things that has never been done before in the history of South Dakota social studies standards, to my knowledge, and that's a huge emphasis, K through 12, on business and economic life. That, To my knowledge, that's never been done to this level ever before, all the way from K through 12, spiraling all the way up through the primary school years. Economics was an elective when I went to school in Iowa. Economics was an elective for me. I had one class my senior year in high school in Sioux Falls, and that's all, and that's all you could take mm-hmm. back then. So this is, this is, but imagine 21st century South Dakota, let alone 21st century America, without an, a re, not just a, a, a passing understanding of the business cycle and economics and how everything works in the economic life of a town or a, a state or nation. There seems to be uh, content about which folks are not aware. Well, that's one of them, and that's one of the ones that I think gets underappreciated for that. But, you know, the, it's, it's comprehensive. We have... We have uh, civics and history, as we, we mentioned. We have geography. We have, um, and it's not just national history, by the way. It's also specific to South Dakota. So there's all kinds of South Dakota um, historical figures, everything, Joe Foss to Black Elk to, you know, Sitting Bull. There's, it's very good uh, South Dakota history as well. Mm-hmm. But, it, it, yeah, I mean, this is ambitious for a reason um, because people— for many, again, many, many decades have said that we, when, when they say we, they mean the public schools generally because that's where the vast majority of people go to school. That when they say we, meaning the society needs to teach better um, and more comprehensively these subjects. 
you need to set high standards to achieve high standards. You, need, you know, that's something I learned in my life, in the military, and every other sphere of life. If you don't have high standards, you'll never achieve something you never set. That's good. All right, let's go over through a few uh, criticisms that, mm-hmm. uh, that have been cropped up. So one criticism is there's not enough emphasis about Native American history. Totally false. Uh, 10% of the document, and it's a large document, uh, you can do a control F and you're going to see the uh, Native American uh, standards. And it's not merely just place names or facts about battles or these or, or this or that, things that happened. Um, it's also going to, by number, relate to what we call the Osseti Sakuin essential understandings. And those are tribal understandings of the culture of the Lakota uh, in South Dakota as they themselves have formulated. In other words, tribal scholars and tribal leaders and um, tribal historians. So do a control F on it and go find out and just put in Osseti and see it's 10% of the document. It's 10% of the, and we noted that even as we were wrapping up our commission work, Dr. John Schaff, who's up at NSU, said that in, uh, when, we were, when we were deliberating on the very last day, he says, everybody just do a control F, so we all did, mm-hmm. those of us that had the computers there. He's right. And the other thing, too, is we had two or three um, tribal educators on the commission, one of which um, is, uh, for in this, she's just one, but... Uh, State Representative uh, Tamara St. John from District 1 up in Sisseton. When she is not in the state legislature, she is the Sisseton uh, Wapiton tribal archivist. So this is what she does. So to answer your previous question about the criticism that it's not there, that's, that's ridiculous. It's just simply not true. There are a number of really admirable historical figures amongst the Lakota. I mean, this is this sounds oh, yeah. really good. I mean, I'd love to learn about this stuff. Oh yeah, and, and they're and they're 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 all through there. Hmm. Well, good. So um, another criticism is uh, I actually heard this on the radio. They were talking about the age appropriateness. I don't even know what that means. I mean, explain to me what that criticism is in the first place and address it, please. Well, I, it is so vague. And so whenever you're asked for a specific definition of age appropriateness, I think you usually get varying answers, which means that it can't really be defined. I think what most people are thinking or the, the folks that are critical of it are thinking that this content is just too tough for, um, I'm assuming, younger children. I'm assuming that's what they mean. Uh, it's never been shown that that anybody can ever define exactly what age appropriate is. And really it comes down to, is it just that it's a lot of things that are very content rich that maybe some, and I say some, uh, educators just don't want to do. That could very well be true. I don't know that for sure, but I can tell you that I've never been able to get a satisfactory definition of what's age appropriate. Kids learn all kinds of things. Um, I'm a Sunday school teacher, um, mm-hmm. and they learn all kinds of things all the time from when they are pre-K and onward. Um, they do it through song. They do it through members. They memorize things all the time. Uh, have your radio on uh, every day when you're taking your kids somewhere, and believe me, after a while, they'll start um, talking about or singing along with the songs that they hear over and over and over again. So the the matter of the fact is is that the age-appropriate thing, I really think, is just it's, it's not serious. Uh, kids are, again, capable of a whole lot more than many adults seem to want to be giving them credit for. 
And it seems to me we should be uh, challenging students to learn. And uh, if you're going to bring up this age appropriateness, it's not, they're not talking about slushes content. They're just talking about they don't want to teach hard things to younger students, and that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I remember during the commission meetings, um, Dr. Jones, Dr. Ben Jones, who's our, our state historian, so he was on the commission. And he, you know, he referenced this criticism even when we were just in internal deliberations. He said, look, you know, when we're, t- when we're listing George Washington in kindergarten, are we expecting kindergartners to, you know, they can barely write. So, you know, we're not expecting them to write an essay and tell me about which battles he won in the Revolutionary War. The introduction of George Washington, let's say, in kindergarten would be a picture of George Washington. Who is George Washington? We're not expecting any more than that and then move on to the next thing. So it wasn't, it wasn't like we were expecting kids to in you know, the kindergarten or first grade to be doing things that we would be expecting them to know and do. So they, don't, they literally haven't been taught the skills yet you know, in 11th, 12th grade. So again, this also allowed for when we were talking about the, in the commission was that you know, there would be local control and there would be ways for individual districts to, to teach these things. And so we specifically made it content rich but we didn't we said over and over and over during the commission you know standards are not curriculum standards are not curriculum we start Mm -hmm. the standards and then the curriculum can be developed by the local school district so there's a lot there for teachers to to choose from absolutely our idea was not you need to you need to teach every single one of uh, these people or these events to the nth degree our idea was here are some some, some subject matters or, or people in history or geographical place names that you're going to see again and again. That's what's known as a spiraling. When they get to another grade, they're going to reference back to something they learned at, at, at previous grades. So the spiraling effect of them learning something in one grade, and then they will learn and do a little bit more in the next grade. So it would start all the way from kindergarten with the introduction of all the topics all the way up to really a, a thorough understanding of it in 12th grade. So uh, where is the Social Studies Revision Committee now? Uh, what has happened? Where are these, uh, these at? Sure. We had all of our meetings um, in the summer of 2022. We finished up um, in like uh, early August of 2022. Then the standards themselves um, were, were you know, written up and then they were submitted uh, for public comment. And then the boards and the South Dakota boards of, and commissions are the ultimate final arbiters of whether they will be approved for the state or not. The last board meeting just occurred uh, this past week, and so they've had their, their three meetings or four meetings, I forget which, but uh, so for public input for both pro and con testimony, and they voted uh, five to two to go ahead and approve the standards. So that's the last step. That's the last step. Other than, and I think this is important, the state legislature knew that this was going to be more challenging than probably standards have been in probably decades. So the state legislature actually appropriated a specific separate amount of money for teacher training for two years for teachers to get up to snuff to actually be able to teach these standards. They realize you don't just throw all this out there and say, all right, teachers, pick up the ball and go. So they specifically specifically appropriated an additional funds just for that for the teachers in South Dakota to effectively teach it at whatever level they're already teaching at. 
So do you have a list of books that you can that recommended to teachers? I mean, there's there's all kinds of of books. Um, the American Story that's that's one that comes to mind. Um, but there's what I guess I'm trying to get at is if going through the standards. Um, and I think if you if if a, if a citizen or anybody else has never you know maybe heard a little bit about the controversy, I would say go to the Department of Education and go under the standards that have just been approved now, and read through it and tell me that's not the kind of standards that you wouldn't want to see um, any state, much less South Dakota, have as standards, which with with strong civics, strong American history, um, strong geography, strong in-state. Uh, political and uh, historical personages, and then business and economics. And then tell me, that's not what you're going to want to have for the kids that are going to be that going into school in the next few years and the kids yet born. I, I don't think anybody could really say that to me um, or anybody else with a straight face and mean it, because they're really good. Well, that sounds like a, a big success here. Congratulations. Thank you. You know, Dr. John Schaff, who's a professor of political science up at uh, uh, Northern State University, and he was on the commission, my colleague. And when he, you know, this is this is his bread and butter, but he's a really smart guy, and, and he wrote a Front Porch Republic essay about it. And he just said, wow, I, I wish I would have had these growing up. I mean, these are amazing. And so a guy like that, um, I, I really took that to heart. And, uh, and I, he's right. Aaron, thank you for coming. This has been Dave Rotman with the Making Waves podcast. Thanks for having me.